0: What is up, guys? This is the Leafs Convo podcast presented by Oak Ridge Ford in London, Ontario. OakridgeFord.com. It is December 8 twenty nineteen, the day after the Leafs beat the Stanley Cup champion Blues at their home arena. Five two Maple Leafs over the Blues, the Buds. Uh outshot, out face off, out hit, blocked But they won the game. Will this tide fans over, Michael? Good morning.
1: Good morning, Norman. Um, well, I hope so, because it's not every day that you walk into an arena where you know the Blues have pretty much dominated all year and come out with a victory. Now, that being said, I mean, I know the people after the game, and I pointed it out as well, that we know normally teams, after coming off a long road trip, usually don't play well in their first game. But that's, that's the beauty of the schedule. The Leafs were in that position. They came in. Um, Freddie Anderson was a savior in the first five minutes of the first period making at least three 10 bell saves and then they got the goal from zach hyman and they went on the positive track from that point so it was it was a good victory but in the end they needed freddie anderson to come up big early on and if he hadn't then we don't know where the game would have gone
0: hey the leafs two for two on the power play mike
1: yeah and that's something that they definitely need to continue to have success at i mean you saw that uh they used Tyson Berry on the point of the first power play. Now the the, the other goal was uh, with the second unit where Riley fed Spets up for a, a shot. That was the one that chased Bennington. But you know you see, and I I thought that this was the move that needed be to be done from the very beginning of the season. You got Tyson Berry to be a point guy in the power play, a power play quarterback. He was great at that in Colorado. That's not saying that Morgan Riley isn't a good one, but the one thing that Morgan Riley doesn't have that Barry does is a really good shot from the point. And that was the biggest plus about getting Barry from Colorado. Babcock Mm -hmm. did not want to supplant his favorite defenseman and Morgan Riley. And I get it. He was fifth in the Norris, but you have to take advantage of the tools that you have. And one of the biggest tools of Tyson Barry is his ability on the power play. Mm -hmm.
0: Riley with 18 assists leads the team. We're not undercutting Riley in any way, shape or form. He just needs to do different things and allow others with a bit more of a skill set in particulars to do the things that Riley has not necessarily shone in. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Zach Hyman mm-hmm. with two goals. Nice to see him getting going where, wherever oh. he plays. He's a spark plug. He provides spunk. He provides energy and providing offense is a bonus too.
1: The argument, and it, ha- it happened for one game, like the game against Colorado where, the Leafs actually had their full complement with the exception of uh, Trevor Moore, that they would had moved Zach Hyman down to the third line with Kerfoot and Kappen and to put together a checking line. That, that can work, but uh, honestly, I think he works best and has worked best either with Matthews or Neilander or Marner and Tavares. And with the injury to Andreas Janssen, they bring put Hyman back on that line. And it paid off with uh, a goal uh, at regular strength, and also the the shorthanded goal where him and Engval went in on the two on o. So, I think he belongs on the in the top six on this team, especially with uh, a couple pairings up front that don't concern themselves with defense all the time. And I mean. Matthews and Nylander and Tavares and Marner. Their, their focus is offensive as it should be, but you need somebody to be defensively responsible on those lines and also somebody who goes into the corners and, and digs out the puck and Zach Hyman does it. Both.
0: Are you ripping on Mitch for not being a 200-foot player? Come on, man. You know he's great in all three zones, right?
1: Well, the only thing I was going to say, and obviously I always look for you know things. When everything is going right, I always look for the one or two things that go wrong just to point them out. It's like they, they're, they're, you can't complain much about the game last night. They, they dominated. They scored four goals in the first period. They, you know, made – uh, good decisions in the second period. They weathered the storm in the third period. They gave up an early goal. I love that Sheldon Keith called a timeout to calm the troops down, but up five to two in the third period, the last thing you want to do is make a stupid or, you know, super creative play to mm-hmm. sort of give the other team a chance to score. And Marner with the behind-the-back pass in his own zone, Jake Muzzin with the behind-the-back pass in his own zone, uh, on a with a flyby coming in on a two-on-one that he missed the puck and it could have gone the other way. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are the things that I'm sure Sheldon Keith is very happy for the victory, and he's not going to say anything to the press, but these are the things that you guys sort of have to beat into their heads. You don't do those things because those are the things that can lead to you blowing a 5-2 lead in the third period and losing a game
0: when the Leafs are up you want them to get back to the X's and O's these guys instincts are to be creative um, in in many instances uh, wonderfully so in other moments frustratingly so Mike Uh, Marner with you know being a little bit reckless I don't know if that is an indication of his defensive game because we know he can D it down when he has to, especially in, in those big moments. Drilling it into their heads to be responsible, especially when the team has the lead. You can do it until the cows come home or, or until your face turns blue. But uh, un, until these guys change the way they operate on the ice, I don't know if it's going to make any effect.
1: Well, I, I think that part of their, you know, what they've been taught by both Babcock and Keefe is when you've got four you know, most of the blues or most of the opposition pressing in the offensive zone, like all five of them down deep, maybe one guy back, that w- where your sort of your safety valve is up the middle where there's probably nobody there. But the problem is, is that there was somebody there. The pass was bad or the idea was bad. And yeah. on the one idea, instance, it was Pedarangel.
0: That's it. It's the right. I, it's it's these a, ideas. Why are you having these ideas? Why are you committing these things? in these moments when you don't have to.
1: Right. Just get it off the glass and get it out of the zone, like take the safe play. And if they score, if they stop the puck along the glass and they score, then, you know, you did everything that you could, but you don't throw it up the middle. And, you know, I I mean, that was one piddly little thing that that sort of bothered me in a a game where it was a big two points. Um, They needed, you know, it was a tough, opponent, a team that is probably going to be a, a serious contender to win a second straight cup. Yeah. Um, you know, they're a very, very solid team and they played a very solid game. So it's a good first step on a very tough four game road trip. Now they go to Western Canada where, you know, there'll be a lot of Leaf fans in the building in Vancouver, Calgary, and Edmonton. But you know, those teams always get worked up for the Leafs when they come into their home barn.
0: OGs, converts inside the community platform. Are you jealous of the St. Louis Blues and what they have? Yes, the Leafs beat them on Saturday night, but that doesn't mean the Leafs are better than the Blues. That doesn't mean the Leafs will have a better fade in the end than the Blues will. The Blues are the Stanley Cup champions. Are you envious of what the Blues have? And what from the Blues would you like to take from them and add to the Maple Leafs right now? Mitch Marner, his second game back, a couple of points. Having him on the power play is huge. Again, a point-per-game player. Mike, you're better with Marner than without him.
1: Yeah, and, and the, the play that he made on the Hyman goal where you know it was a, a nice dish where you know, everybody's focused on him, and we know that most teams sort of key on Marner in terms of they know he's not going to shoot or he's a pass-first guy, but when you're coming in, in a, on an odd-man break and you're in a shooting position and you dish it off to Hyman who takes a one-timer and Bennington was not in position, you know that's that's the brilliance of Marner. He is a great playmaker. He's got great vision, and they need him especially now with the uh, you know the, the recent difficulties to sort of you know produce at that level of at least a point per game. Help out Tavares and have a, a second line that generates offense and takes heat off of Matthews, who was really good last night in scoring two goals. You can't you can't you can't uh, not mention Matthews and his uh, his abilities and getting off the schneid after a, a tough streak of not performing well. Yeah, but well. it's not about
0: making ends meet, Mike. It's about going to the next level. Other teams are, so why can't the Maple Leafs? M- Matthews can score two goals cool. here and then two goals there and then look defensively inept for a bunch of games and have the criticism, uh, you know, flow. But what about just a, a consistent run as, as a team, collectively getting better every single time out, going on an 8-2 and two run over 10? Uh, winning fourteen of twenty, uh, picking up points in fifteen games in a row, and getting back into the mix with the Boston's and, and the and the St. Louis's of the league. Like when when is that going to happen? You know, you have fans of certain players saying, "Well, my guy's doing good. My guy's doing all right. Look, look at the stats. My guy's doing good, so we're good." No. But how does that guy do good? How does his teammates do good? And, again, how do all of these guys take their game to the next level? I mean, or is this team even capable uh, the way it is right now? Has a, has enough negativity uh, unfolded for this team this season, too much of it, for, for this team to rebound and really take a straight charge towards winning a Stanley Cup?
1: Well, I, I think what, right now it's sort of – they're in a mode where they're looking at not – 20 games for now, they're looking at the here and here the now and winning and earning every point that they can get because of the position that they put themselves in. If you look at the standings in the Atlantic division, they're a point out of second place and you know a point out of sixth. I think their focus is let's get straightened out. Let's get back to the team that we know that we are and let's get in the playoffs. If it's first, second, mm-hmm. third in the Atlantic, if it's a wild card, whatever, mm-hmm. let's just get in because I don't know if they're in the position right now where they can say, okay, we, we want to be second in the Atlantic. Well, yeah, I want to date with Jessica Chastain, but I'm not going <laughs> to get that. So, I'm, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I mean, you know, it's just you have, to, you have to be able to have realistic expectations. And right now with 32 points in 31 games, they're on a pace for a little over 82 points. They need to be 95 to 100 points to guarantee themselves a playoff spot. So they're going to have to play better. And I think they're on that road with Sheldon Keefe. Talk about helm.
0: a bunch of ringers going into the playoffs as underdogs. Suits suits them, Mike, the way they played. And if they make some noise in the playoffs and win that first round for the first time in forever, then it will have worked out in our minds. Just a couple more minutes and then uh, I will bid you good day. The backup goaltending situation is what it is. It's not to anyone's... Liking at this point right now, um, what do you think happens? Because I I even feel like just psychologically, if they're able to, if the Leafs are able to bring someone in who the team is comfortable with and the fan base uh, is excited about.
1: Well, I, I wrote about this yesterday. The the right now the the schedule um, over the next week or so is kind because there are no back to backs, but they face a difficult schedule around christmas and first of all the nhl trade freeze is from the 20th to the 27th which on that weekend before christmas they play friday saturday and then a monday afternoon game against carolina so that's three games in three and a half days your backup is going to have to play at least one of those games i would probably say the saturday game then the following weekend there's a back-to-back so they need either to use michael hutchinson have him be the guy, or if they're going, if their plan is to go out and get a backup to to get him before the trade freeze. Now, after that, they only have four back-to-backs the rest of the season, but you have to use your backup more than four times going down the stretch because Frederick Anderson, if your, if your aspiration is to advance in the playoffs, you need him to get rest. Otherwise he could get injured and then the season is done or he will he'll be on empty going into the playoffs, which we've seen happen a couple mm-hmm. times recently. And then the Leafs are will be challenged. They need Anderson to play like he did last night to steal them points. And early in the game, the way he played, he stole them points. So, I think that's going to be incumbent upon Kyle Dubas to, uh, so, to solve this this problem. I can't tell you who they're targeting because they're you know they're very secretive. But the names of Georgiev from the Rangers and Tristan Jerry and Jack Campbell. Those are out there, but I think those are pipe dreams. They just need somebody who can give them a chance to win. And right now, Michael Hutchinson is, I believe, 05 and 1, and they're 06 and 1. Yeah, it just to also
0: shows the psyche of the team. It's very fragile. This group is extremely fragile. I can't say it's a tough group whatsoever. And what it's been through uh, lends to uh, the, the disposition. Of the group, right, Mike? If this team improves, I believe Kyle Dubas will attempt to improve the team um, at the same level. If this team continues to play at mediocrity and not really set any sort of standard or show that it's capable of, you know, climbing out of where it's at now and getting to a level that shows true contendership, then I think Kyle Dubas will either stand pat or make moves that set the stage for better things in the seasons to come mike and that would be too bad because again these guys are entering the primes of their career some are in the prime some are in the back end of their prime we expected this team right now to be if not hoisting a stanley cup trying to wrestle it away from um the incumbents but uh, we go game to game mike they won in st louis a bunch of games on the road now with a western swing let's see if the team can have some fun and let's try to do the same michael talk to you soon buddy